I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to Scam Squad. I'm your host, Patty Teal, here as always with Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson, who always shares the latest news about scams. Hi, Vicki. Hi, Patty. So, Patty, we've all heard the expression, everything old is new again. Well, apparently that also applies to scams. Oh, dear. So what is it this time, Vicki? Well, there's a particular scam that we heard a lot about in Northern California a few years ago that seemed to be targeting clinical therapists and sometimes nurses. Now, why that particular population? Well, that's a good question. So this is a group of people who are often, because of their profession, subpoenaed to testify in court or at some kind of a hearing. So I just got a phone call from a woman working as a clinical psychologist here in our county who was the victim of one of these scams. And here's how it started. She got a phone call in her office at noon informing her that she had failed to show up as an expert witness in a federal trial that day. Now, since it wasn't unusual for her to be subpoenaed to testify, she became quite alarmed, thinking she must have somehow forgotten the date or had never gotten notice. Well, I can imagine that she would think that. What information did the caller give her? He pretended to be from the sheriff's office, so he pretended to be a government official. He said that she had been summoned by Judge Stanton of California on July the 17th of this year. He said that she had signed off on the summons, which had been delivered to her home, and that also after she signed the summons, 100 to 200 confidential documents had been delivered to her on July 17th at 145 at her home. Oh my gosh, so that's a lot of detail. And even if you don't remember signing a subpoena, I think you'd remember all of those documents being delivered to your home. Did they have her home address? Yes, they did. They were even able to give her that piece of information. So it made it seem all the more likely. And he also told her there were two charges against her failure to appear and contempt of court. And he was even able to cite the code sections for those two charges. They also said that there was a gag order or a suppression order on the trial so that she was not allowed to speak to her husband or to her employer about any of this. And they told her that she had to stay on the phone with them throughout this entire process and that they were tracking her and they could tell if she tried to call or reach out to anyone. And if she did that, they were going to arrest her for being non-compliant. Oh my gosh, they must have scared the living daylights out of her. How was she feeling at this point? Well, by this time, Patty, she was very frightened and just thrown completely off balance. She was panicked that she might actually have missed a subpoena. And how might that affect her professional reputation to say nothing of the fact that she was now in legal trouble? Hmm. What did they want her to do at this point? Well, they did tell her that she could show up at the Santa Barbara Sheriff's Office and she would be booked and processed. And by that, they meant that she would be arrested or she could pay a bond in the amount of $9,000, either through a third-party bond agency or conveniently online. 
And they also said something interesting. They said they would know if she had that kind of money in her account. And if she lied about it, and she said she didn't have that money, she would be in legal trouble later. But here's the hopeful news that she got. They did tell her that once they received confirmation of her payment, she would be able to go to the sheriff's office and undergo what they called a signature verification to prove that it wasn't her signature on the summons. And when she did that, the money would be refunded. And they assured her at this point in time that they believed her when she said that she didn't sign the sub, but they just had to go through this process. So what did she do? She took the easy way out. She opted to pay the money online. She sent $3,500 over Zelle to an email address that looks like it's a person's private email address. It wasn't a business or a governmental agency. It looks like a person, Shantae somebody. Right. She spent $4,500 over Apple Pay to a cell number. Now, did she try to do anything to verify who she was talking to? You know, she did. First of all, the number that came up on her caller ID was the number for the sheriff's office, and she did verify that. Now, we know the scammers can spoof any number, but she didn't know that. She thought she was talking to the sheriff. And during the course of the conversation, she spoke to four different men. Two of the men pretended to be lieutenants at the sheriff's department, so she actually Googled their names, and there were two sheriff's lieutenants with those names working for the Santa Barbara Sheriff's Department. And in fact, I know these two men. Now, obviously, it wasn't them. Right. Legitimate sheriff's deputies. Right. So these scammers provided enough convincing details that the story was really very believable. Absolutely. Boy, they did their due diligence. And of course, the first person that she talked to spoke very fast and put her in a state of complete fear. So she stopped thinking rationally at that point. This is exactly what scammers try to do, put you in that state of fear. They do that all the time, don't they? They do that all the time. And when she was terrified, The nice lieutenant came on the phone, acting like the knight in shining armor, assuring Mm -hmm. her that he believed her. He was very calm. He said he believed her. He could help her clear everything up. And they kept her on the phone for several hours. So by that point, she probably would have done anything to get out of the situation. And that's exactly how she described what she was feeling. She just wanted the ordeal to be over. She said, I would have paid anything. Wow. What happened then? When did she come to the realization that this was a scam? Well, once they got the first money from her, the $9,000, they came back and said now she had to pay an additional 9000 But this time she was supposed to pay it by money pack, which she would drop off at the sheriff's address, which did not make much sense to her. At that point, she started to think rationally and she realized that she was being victimized and refused to comply. And of course, then they informed her that she was going to be arrested right away and taken to jail. Mm, What did she do? Well, at that point, she got off the phone. She called the police. But she was so fearful that when she saw a delivery person come to her door, probably someone from Amazon, while she was on the phone with the police, she was so fearful that she asked the police to stay online. She was worried that it was the men who had targeted her and they were showing up at her home because after all, they had her address, they knew her profession, and they had all kinds of details about her, which made their scheme so much more convincing. This is... A sad story, Vicki, because I imagine she was unable to get her money back. 
Oh, no way. Yeah, the money ah. is gone. The money is gone. But it's so interesting that they do target people in that profession, people who are used to getting subpoenas in their line of work. And that is interesting. Throw them off guard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a similar scam some months back. The gentleman lived up in Santa Maria and they kept him yes. on the phone. He had to drive to Santa Barbara. And then at the last minute, they changed and they told him to drop the money off elsewhere. But they also had all the details. So these scammers, they do their homework. They use real names. It seems very real. Yeah, they really do their due diligence. They get as much information as they can and they use it. I can understand why somebody who hasn't heard about this would get scammed. Yeah, I can too. But I'm hoping that people pass the word along, especially if they know others who are working in a profession where they do get these kind of legal documents on a regular basis. That's right. So I do have some good news. (laughs) That always cheers me up. Okay. So here is the headline, Leader of International Gift Card Fraud Scheme Convicted. Now we know that gift cards are the scammer's favorite way of getting paid, or at least it used to be. Mm -hmm. Now they're finding other ways to get paid, but gift cards are still big. So this person, the person that was convicted, the defendant, was the leader of a big organization that operated in this gift card scam. He was a Chinese national named Chen living in Washington, D.C., and he ran a large ring involving gift cards. So scammers would manipulate victims, mainly seniors, into buying gift cards to get them out of a jam. We know all the stories, told them lies such as their social security number had been compromised, their bank accounts had been hacked, or there was a problem with their computer, all of these things. And of course, the problem could be solved by purchasing a Walmart gift card and then sending them on to this man, Chen. So he would launder the cards by using them to buy other clean gift cards at Walmart. And the clean gift cards would then be sold to overseas buyers because there is a buyer for these things. And when he was caught, they figured out that he had trafficked about $7 million in gift cards. So he was doing quite a good business. He really was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad he was put out of business. Mm-hmm. He's put out of business and sitting in prison. <laughs> All right. Can't feel too badly about that. All right. Yeah, you, well, yeah. thank you, Vicki. I look forward to another warning being delivered next week. And could you give everyone the fraud hotline number in case they'd like to get some advice for you or if they just would like to be on Scam Squad and tell their story, whether they were actually scammed or a near scam? Absolutely. Area code 805 And again, 805-568-2442. And we do love to have people come on and tell their stories. I know. That's the best. You really can understand how it happened when people tell their own story. Thank you, Vicki. Thank you, Patty. All right. Bye.